Welcome to another night of Warrior Reads. As always, make sure that you've handled anything before bed, that the room is dark, and that you're in a comfortable position. Remember, as you're listening, if you get excited by a story or interested, don't worry about it. Now is not the time for your mind to be racing. Now is the time for your mind to be resting. As always, we'll have copies of the recordings available on our website, as well as even the ability to order it should you want to in the morning. Now is the time for your reward for a good day lived or a reminder to be a warrior tomorrow. I'll give you about five seconds to clear your head and then we'll begin. Welcome, warriors. Tonight, our selection is from The Outsiders by S.E. Hinton. Tonight we will be going through one young warrior's journey of self-discovery as he faces violence, poverty, social stigma, and literal class warfare. We will see the valuable lessons he learns along the way while holding tight to the only thing he really has, the honor between him and his tribe. So what's so special about this selection? The Outsiders is a story about Pony Boy, a 14-year-old kid dealing with death, violence, and poverty in a small town. But he knows that he can count on his brothers and his friends. Bound by honor, they would do anything for him. Together, they encourage each other and defend one another from a vicious gang of kids whose idea of a good time is beating up on greasers like Pony Boy. At least he knows what to expect, until one night when things get taken way too far. Even though The Outsiders was originally written for high school kids, the book wound up pissing off a lot of adults. When it first came out, parents all over protested because it showed kids drinking and smoking cussing, beating each other, and dodging the cops. But the thing is, the author didn't shy away from the tough parts of life just to appeal to the delicate sensibilities of parents, and he especially didn't shy away from the divide between socioeconomic classes either, which is a big part of why it was such a great book and became so popular. It's a profound coming-of-age story with heartwarming lessons, adventure, and critique of relationships between the classes. But the story highlights over and over again the value of a warrior's honor, which is why we're taking a look at this young hero's journey. As always, you can read this book at any time in the future, and it's worth the read. But as you let go of the day and its struggles, and prepare for well-deserved rest, you may wish to reflect on how honor plays a role in your journey. Who in your life has a reputation for strength, courage, and mastery? Who depends on you? How often do you hold the line and raise the bar for your people? And in what ways are you honored by your tribe? Or better yet, in what ways will you become a more honorable warrior? 
As we dive into Ponyboy's journey, allow your inner warrior to find the answer to these questions, and maybe you'll be surprised by what you discover as we take it to the streets with the outsiders. So relax and enjoy. It's 1964 in Oklahoma, and the stars are out. 14-year-old pony boy Curtis is walking to his dilapidated family home, where he continues to live with his brothers since his parents died in a car crash. On the way there, five rich kids from the west side show up on his route, and once they spot him, they start giving him a beatdown. But when Ponyboy's friends from the east side show up to defend him, they lay it back on those west side kids with just as tough of a beating and push them out of the neighborhood. The coast is clear for now, and with nothing but a couple of black eyes and bloody noses, it's an overall win for Ponyboy and the east side kids. However, the conflict isn't new. The west side rich kids, also known as Soches, and the east side poor kids, known as Greasers, have been brawling with each other for as long as they can remember. Ponyboy heads back to a slum of a home, where he lives with his two brothers. The oldest, named Derry, who gave up his football scholarship to go to work and provide for his brothers, and Soda Pop, his slightly older happy-go-lucky brother, that he shares a bed with. Because Derry has taken on the full stress and responsibility of providing for the house, he and Ponyboy aren't as close, and Ponyboy sees him more as a disciplinarian father figure than as his brother. But he is super close with Soda Pop and admires him deeply. Either way, Ponyboy knows he can trust his brothers and his crew members. After their parents died, the only way they had to get by was to join up with a gang called the Greasers. And usually, when one of them is out on the streets, they have a few other Greasers with them to back them up. Their main crew is a few guys. Johnny, a sensitive 16-year-old kid, and Ponyboy's best friend. Steve, Soda Pop's best friend. Two-Bit, the oldest and funniest one and Dallas Winston, a hardened street thug with a long rap sheet. One night, Johnny, Dallas, and Ponyboy are enjoying a night at the drive-in when they notice two cute Soch girls sitting in front of them at the movie theater named Sherry and Marcia. Dallas starts laying down some game on the girls pretty aggressively, but Ponyboy and Johnny tell him to play cool so Dallas walks off, and Pony and Johnny sit with the girls and wind up having a good conversation. It turns out that Pony Boy and Sherry have a lot in common. Dallas and Tubit show up and say it's time to roll out. And after connecting with the girls, Pony Boy and the guys decide to be gentlemen and offer the girls a ride home. So they head over to Tubit's place, which is close by so he can give them a ride. On the way there, 
the girls are spotted by their drunken Soch boyfriends, Bob and Randy. They interrupt them and start confronting Pony Boy and the gang. They tell the girls that they shouldn't be associating with greasers. The boys on either side start staring each other down and preparing for a fight. But the girls break it up and head home with their Soch boyfriends. That night, after the confrontation, Pony Boy hangs back with Johnny for a bit before heading home. They spend some time talking outside and fall asleep under the stars. So when Pony Boy wakes up and arrives home late, his brother Derry is all over him, wondering where he's been. Derry tells him that he stayed up all night worried about him. But Pony Boy is sick of his constant scrutiny, so he yells at Derry for being so critical. Derry gets so riled up that he smacks him right in the face. Pony Boy's all torn up over getting hit by his brother and heads out, determined to run away. He books it to the nearby park where he meets up with Johnny. And just then, out of nowhere, Bob and Randy, the Soch guys from before, and a bunch of their Soch companions appear and jump them. It's not looking too well for Ponyboy and Johnny, and it's almost game over for Ponyboy when the Soches grab him and start to drown him in the park fountain. But Johnny has had enough of it and whips out his knife and stabs Bob to death. Once the Soches realize that Johnny is done messing around and prepared to shank everyone there, the fight breaks up and the Soches run off. Ponyboy regains consciousness after passing out and wakes up next to Johnny and Bob's dead body. The two are super freaked out about the whole thing. They just killed the kid after all. So they hit up the most successful outlaw they know for help, Dallas. When they tell him what happened, Dallas hands the kids a gun and 50 bucks and he tells them to get out of town and lay low in an abandoned church until things blow over. After about a week of hiding and reading poetry to pass the time, Dallas shows up at the church and takes them to Dairy Queen where he tells them what's going on in town. The Soches and the Greasers are about to have an all-out war in the streets, and that girl Sherry from the theater feels responsible for Bob's death, so she's acting as a spy for the Greasers. He warns them that the law is after them and taking it seriously, because there's photos and descriptions of them all over and the newspaper says that they're wanted for murder. Johnny decides that he's going to turn himself in and plead self-defense, which totally shocks Dallas. But everyone decides to stop at the church first. But when they arrive, they see that it's been engulfed in flames, and a group of little kids that wandered in are now trapped inside. Johnny, Ponyboy, and Dallas rush in to rescue the kids, and they manage to save all of them that were trapped inside. 
However, the roof of the church caves in from the flames and collapses on Johnny before he can get to safety. All three guys are pretty wrecked, and Johnny survives, but his back is shattered and he can't move. They take him to the hospital, but between the smoke, the burns, and the shattered back, Johnny's in really bad condition. Ponyboy's brother Derry and Soda Pop show up to bring Ponyboy home. And Derry and Ponyboy make up as much as they can, though their relationship still isn't totally patched up. The next day, the newspaper heralds Ponyboy and Johnny as heroes for saving the kids. It says that Bob's death will be charged as manslaughter, and the boys need to show up to court for processing. The big rumble between the Socias and the Greasers goes down, and the Greasers win, and Ponyboy and Dallas show up at the hospital to tell Johnny. But Johnny dies in the hospital while they're waiting. When Dallas finds out, he's so pissed and riddled with reckless abandon that he robs a grocery store and the cops hunt him down. Ponyboy and the guys try to help him out and meet up with him, but the police are all over Dallas. The cops get to him first and pump him full of lead right in front of the guys. Ponyboy sees the whole thing happen and realizes that Dallas's heart has been torn up so much by the struggle that he probably had enough of it and wanted to die. With all this crazy painful drama going on in their lives, Soda Pop gets Ponyboy and Daryl to stop being pissed at each other and get along, because the three of them are all they have left in the world. Ponyboy manages to get everything figured out with the law and get his name cleared but he's having major trouble at school, which is understandable given the situation. After all of this, his English teacher offers him an opportunity to write one big paper on whatever he wants so that he can pass his English class. After thinking about it and reflecting on everything that happened with Dallas and Johnny, Ponyboy decides that the only way to clean up the mess that was made is to just give people the truth. He lays it all out in his paper for English and drives home his thesis that the world isn't all terrible, that there is still good that can be found in it. Everyone is struggling to make their way. We shouldn't judge someone just by the way they look or appear. And we ought to conduct ourselves with honor and help others. Those are the themes of his paper, which actually turns into a book, the very one that we just read. So let's take a look at Ponyboy's journey here. At first, he and his friends believe that they're totally different from the Socias, because the Socias have money, and on the east side, you have to work for your money. Living with empty pockets and a lack of opportunity and not much hope for a future can drag anyone down and make them cold or crazy like Dallas. When you're struggling like that just to survive, your pride and honor are your biggest assets. They're all you really have which keeps you strong. 
Besides your pride and honor, the most important thing left in your life is your tribe to back you up. And how they see you and your willingness and ability to back them up. Let's take a look at Soda Pop's plea to Dallas and Pony Boy. Golly, you two, it's bad enough having to listen to it. But when you start trying to get me into taking sides, tears welled up in his eyes. We're, we're all we've got left. We have to be able to stick together against everything. If we don't have each other, we don't have anything. If you don't have anything, you end up like Dallas. And I don't mean dead either. I mean like he was before. That's worse than dead. Please, he wiped his eyes from his arm. Don't fight anymore. But the call for honorable action appears everywhere in the story. Honor is an important part of the greaser code, and it's everyone's duty to throw down for their fellow warriors. Let's look at how 2-Bit explains the honor code to Sherry. 2-Bit breaks it down like this. Dallas slashed Jim Shepard's tires, the leader of a different greaser gang. Us greasers usually stick together, but when we do fight amongst ourselves, it's a fair fight between two. And Dallas deserves whatever he gets, because slashed tires ain't no joke when you've got to work to pay for them. He got spotted too, and that was his fault. Our one rule besides stick together is don't get caught. He might get beat up, he might not. Either way, there's not going to be any blood feud between our outfit and Shepard's. If we needed them tomorrow, they'd show. If Tim beats Dallas's head in, and tomorrow asks us for help in a rumble, we'll show. Dallas is getting kicks. He got caught. He pays up. No sweat. Another example of their honor code coming into play is when Ponyboy runs into the burning building to save those kids. He says, I looked around. I hadn't realized Johnny was right behind me all the way. This shows us that Johnny is willing to risk his life to honor his tribe and fulfill the mission. And ultimately, he dies a hero and is honored by his people. Because you are a warrior with honor, your tribe knows they can depend on you. And your word is your bond. They see your mastery and contributions to the tribe. They rely on your strength to carry them through and can trust that your courage will prevail and that you'll be there when they need backup to fight the enemy. Eventually, Ponyboy realizes that it doesn't matter if you have money or not. Everyone has their fair share of problems to work through. Even the Soches, at least in their way, they aren't so different from the Greasers. Sherry helped him to understand that in this section. Let's take a look. All Soches aren't like that, she said. You have to believe me, Ponyboy. Not all of us are like that. Sure, I said. That's like saying all you greasers are like Dallas Winston. 
I digested that. It was true. Dallas had jumped people. He had told us stories about muggings in New York that made her hair stand on the back of my neck. But not all of us were bad. I'll bet you think the Socias have it made. The rich kids, the West Side Socias. I'll tell you something, pony boy, and it may come as quite a surprise. We have troubles you've never even heard of. You want to know something? She looked me straight in the eye. Things are rough all over. I believe you, I said. Every step of the way, Ponyboy has felt like an outsider. At school, in the city, and even with his brothers. But differences between people are inevitable, no matter how close you are with someone. And even if it's a giant rift between social and economic status and culture, like the one between the socials and the greasers, there is always a chance to build a bridge. And building a bridge takes courage. It's risky business to be vulnerable. But because you are a warrior who leads with honor, others will follow you to the other side. Your fear is replaced with courage. Cowardice with honor and weakness changes into purpose, which strengthens and guides you to victory. You're in it to win it, and you don't back down. Your tribe is with you, no matter if the mission is a brutal fight or rescuing the innocent. You fight the enemy to bring victory and honor to your people and lead them to safety and freedom, all on the path you carved to build a better world.